Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Muslim Vibe podcast. My name is Afra Mansour and I am the deputy editor of the Muslim Vibe. And I am joined by none other than Salim Qasim, the chief editor of the Muslim Vibe. How are you, Salim? I'm good, I'm very good, and I'm very excited as well. Why are you excited, Salim? I'm excited because today we are joined by Subhi Taha, who is. I don't know how you would describe him. I, we're not going to describe him. We're not going to describe you. Subhi, Salam, how are you doing? What's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much. How you doing? Sorry, okay, maybe I should cut the accent. I'm all, oh, there's that southern accent. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm you trying. know, <laughs> Sophie, I, I watched the video earlier of you today and you did an English accent. Do you want to try and introduce yourself in that English oh accent? Oh, my God. Oh, that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> Use us as templates. There we go. Use us as templates. Here we go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's less of like a, a, like a typical English accent. It's the one that Zayn Malik has. That's the one I imitate. Okay. That's a, that's okay. a Brad, Bradfordian. I know, right? Brad... We'll accept that. Go ahead. <laughs> um, wait, I don't know. Okay, hold on. Um, so basically, what I keep doing is I try to hold up this accent. <laughs> we're just going to stop you there. I'm just gonna... It's fine. I know. I told you. That's all I got. Alright, go for it then. Okay, for those of you that don't know you, um, I don't right. know where they've been living, um, but um, yeah, introduce <laughs> yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Tell us more. Uh, what's up, y'all? My name is Subhan Taha. I'm half Palestinian, half Filipino. Uh, I grew up in Dallas, Texas my whole life. Um, my, my career uh, area is more in the creative space. Uh, I work mostly in graphic design, and now I'm trying to get into the whole apparel design type area. Um, but I think most people have probably heard of me through my YouTube videos <laughs> back from when I started in college um, with the whole comedy stuff. And now it's kind of becoming a little bit more serious um, with my social channels. But yeah, it's pretty much pretty much it for now. Okay, cool. Well, talking of social media and uh, comedy, mm-hmm. um, well, we were watching you on Vine, and we know that Vine is very dear to your heart. And uh, what was the it death is. of Vine? What are your thoughts? That was that was hard. I the, the whole, <laughs> I went on this like this little this little uh, sabbatical from YouTube for a while because after college I graduated and it was really hard to keep up with like the production aspect of making YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And so my go-to was Vine. I, w- I would always tell people at the end of my YouTube videos that were very rare, like every few months, I'd be like, oh, but you guys go watch my, go to my Vine, because, you know, they're only like six seconds, and it's easier for me to make, and so that's where kind of I've been holding up my, my comedy aspect on social media, Yeah. and so now that that's going, I'm like, okay, well, now I can't duck in there anymore, <laughs> <laughs> I have to like figure this out, um, but I don't know, I, a lot of people have been saying, you know, the, the app's been dying for a while now, but I mean, that's where I go to like, Whenever I'm having a crappy day and I need to laugh really hard, I go to Vine. That place is like, that's a good place to go. I don't know how people are like... On that note, do you laugh at other people's Vines or just your own? Because (laughs) most of your your videos, you're just laughing at your own jokes. I don't don't think that myself is that funny, honestly. So you just laugh out of awkwardness? (laughs) No, I laugh out of... um, Self-pity. The light... (laughs) Well, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I tried to make friends here, so <laughs> I laugh out of the lightness of the situation, I guess. Okay. I always just laugh at everything. 
And so, so now that Vine is gone, I mean, I, I don't actually know. Do can you no longer record Vines? Do those Vines stay? Do they get deleted? How's that all going? Honestly, work? I don't know. I remember I saw on the posting from Vine, they said that the the app is going to be deleted, but like the website will still be up, and so the the, the, the videos that are there the now will still, still be, there. be available. Okay, <laughs> something like that, but I don't know. No I, idea. I think you need Facebook? to you need to figure out a way to my, my favorite vines of yours are the ones where you find Muslims on shows and, and oh. greet them with salam alaikum. <laughs> I, I can watch those over and over again. Okay, no, both I actually do laugh because every time I see them, yeah. I always like I see them so it's so random, and then when I see them on TV, I'm just like, mashallah, <laughs> <laughs> we made it. <laughs> Those are actually those like me laughing and those are, are legit. I actually am laughing. What do you think to me? It's so random. Yeah, I mean, I mean, th- th- those vines that you've done. I mean, we will we will link it in the description as well. But th- those vines themselves are extremely nice. random, but also hilarious. You can just keep watching them. And they- <laughs> I have a whole lot. Uh huh. Go for it. I have a whole lot stored. It's like I- I'm I'm letting them out one at a time. Oh really? Like I have so I keep finding it. It's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, no, we may or may not watch them on repeat in the office. I'm, I'm not admitting to anything. <laughs> oh my god, the loud! But like, I always hear like whenever my mom always plays obviously my video like a lot all the time, and I hear like my voice out in the living room, and it's replaying again and again and again. I'm just like, oh my god, it's so bad. It's Hearing for, myself is horrible. For, for me, having to edit these uh, podcasts as yeah. well every week is horrible. <laughs> it's just because the thing is you have to keep stopping you must know with your video editing you keep stopping it oh and then God. rewinding and then playing it again and cutting yep. and that's why I stopped making YouTube videos for so long because the editing part it's like I can't do all this yeah it's it's, uh, it's not for the faint it's a struggle yeah well talking of making things let's uh, discuss your fashion line and uh, men in fashion now I know awesome. like um, we have people like Dina Tokyo Amina Kin Ibtaj Muhammad herself um, Habiba De Silva oh. recently you know they're taking yep. the world by slow, by slow. Wow, by storm <laughs> <laughs> with uh, their fashion lines, and so I think you're one of the first that I've I've heard of personally um, that have gone into fashion. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Well, so I mean, I don't really know how I started with fashion. It's just like something that I've always really been interested in as a kid. Um, my uncle from my mom's side is actually um, he grew up in the Philippines, but he. When he came to Van- he moved to Vancouver with his family, he became a uh, a dressmaker and like a, a suit maker as well. So he has like his own shop in downtown Vancouver, and he had like it was pretty well known. And so like I would visit there as a kid, and I would always just see like the the the, the shop downstairs and see all of them making everything. And ever since then, I've just been like really intrigued by it and things coming together and like cutting and sewing things, um, and then in being able to wear it, and then. But obviously, I'm Arab and Muslim, and so growing up, like, that wasn't a, 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 an option. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a hobby. But then the more uh, I, I graduated in graphic design, and then I got a job at Fossil, and I saw all these people working in fashion. And I was like, oh, my God, this is an actual thing that you can, like, study and have a legitimate job in. And so I kind of on my own just started – I picked up my mom's sewing machine and I just started learning how to work on my own. And it was like while I was working – in the corporate world, um, when I would have to like pray in the daytime at work, um, I would kind of always like have the struggle of making wudu with like my sweaters and like pulling up my sleeves and like having to bow, bow down in sujood and it was just really uncomfortable. And I was just like, why is it so awkward to have to pray in the clothes I wear all day? 
And so it kind of really started from there. And I was just like, okay, well, why don't I just make my own clothes um, that would make it easier for me to make wudu, like clothes that I can live in throughout the day and then pray um, throughout the day as well. And then it just started from there. And it, it started from like that small idea and then it grew into like my, I have this really big thing about history and traditional clothing and then it kind of pulled in so aspects of like traditional clothing and, you know, but all really based off the idea of modesty within the religion itself. Um, and how, how, has and it, how has it been received so far? How is it doing? Where are you in terms of, you know, your brand and, and all of that? Alhamdulillah, it's been, it's been well, alhamdulillah. I actually, it went a lot better than I thought it would be. <laughs> and that's why I've been kind of a, a, little, a little stressed in the past week since it launched last Tuesday. Um, it's a lot of work, um, but alhamdulillah, it's, it's doing well. Um, um, and most people are responding pretty well to it. Um, I, I'm getting actually a lot, because right, the, the approach I've had, because, because the clothes are so simple and very minimal, um, it's basically unisex clothing. I mean, it's essentially, it started off as menswear, but all these girls kept commenting on the pictures, being like, oh my god, I would totally wear that. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I'm not stopping you. <laughs> and so I just threw the word unisex on there, and people, and, and girls started wearing it too. And I was like, okay, let's, that's legit. And so now it's something that's being you know, accepted between both the Muslim community, of, the Muslim community of the guys and girls. And actually, not even just the Muslim community. I've been getting a lot of orders of you know, non-Muslims out there in America. So, um, do you ship to the UK? Just asking for a friend. I do. Okay, <laughs> just checking, just in case. That was one of my problems. Like that was like one of the things that was holding me back from everything. It was the, the, like the production aspect of everything, and like figuring out how to ship it all. I was like, I have the creative down, but I don't know how to, you know, produce it and then send it out and like consider shipping and everything. But alhamdulillah, I think I, I think I figured it out for the most. I obviously got I got a lot to learn. I made some mistakes the first round, but yeah. So we should hold out Figuring for like a month out. before before we start orders, yeah. Why don't you get my stuff together and then you put in your order? Did you did you mention just now that you were going to be sending us a, a free sort of shipment of samples for for the Muslim vibe team? I heard team? that. I heard that too. I I believe I I believe I did not. You, you, are you sure? <laughs> I got you. If that's what you let me know. Hit me up. No, we're hitting you up. We're, we're hitting you right now. We're doing this. It's public. We're in the process of hitting. <laughs> we are beating you as you. we speak. So I got you. Well, yeah, just, add a ticket to the production team. We'll get it. Yeah. Just, just remember that anything you say can be edited because Sunim's in charge of editing. So just, just you know, choose Whoa. your words. We can make it work. very wisely. Wow. Well, I'm Manipulation talking... is real. There we go. Um, well, talking of, you know, being inspirational and reaching out, um, we've had a question. Um, Reem okay. Hakim says, is there any advice you would give to teenagers on time management? Um, and also, who are the people in your life that inspire you the most, uh, possibly influence your life decisions, etc.? Um, oh, that's a heavy question. Ooh, okay. What advice would I give to teens? Huh. Wait, how old are you? Uh, 26 now, I believe. 24. Oh. And how is it that you don't age? Oh, he doesn't even know. It was like 10 years. I've always same. looked 12. Every every video, I, I can't tell when your first video and when your last video was. It just Trust seems me, like you made them all on the same day. Trust me, as soon as I got my beard, I, I, I aged like three years and that's it. I stopped there. Now I'm, I've reached like 15. That's it. Amazing. Well, I'm um, going to say it's the Filipino blood and the olive oil of Palestine. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the secret, ladies and gentlemen. Skin. 
Did you come up with that yourself? I did. That was, a, that was that a good was line. Thank you. That was good. Sammy, you can use that in your next video you if you can, want. Yeah. Credit, please. Don't forget write, write that one down quickly. <laughs> um, but no, to answer your question about, um, well, yeah, I am 24. But what advice I would give to the to youth on time management? Um, well, I would really, one thing that I would probably, if I had to tell myself something back when I was a, a teenager, um, it'd probably be one to, to always be doing something. Mm. Just like, don't overthink about what you're going to be doing. Cause I always had this problem of it, rather than just doing it, I overplanned and I spent more time planning and not ever actually doing anything. And so, cause I would always just stress about, Oh my God, oh, what am I, how am I going to figure that? That's, I mean, I'm really going back to the old fashioned thing. That's why it took me so long to get it going. Cause I kept like doubting every aspect of it. And so I was like, at one point, I was just like, okay, just, just stop. So, okay, just do it. You'll figure it out and you'll learn. You'll learn along the way. And how, how long um, did it take you? I mean, you know, with the fashion stuff, because it's quite a specific thing. How, how long did this whole process take you to get to where you are today, you know, having launched it just a week ago? Um, from, well, from the time, like, I, I started officially, like, kind of developing my plan for it. Yeah. It was whenever I left my company, like, I think in July. Around July-ish. For like four months. Yeah. Yeah, so like with the branding and everything and, you know, figuring out what the brand statement is, like what is, how does modesty fit in all of it, where does traditional clothing fit in, all that. Yeah, we're, we're, yep. we've got faces of all right now. Four months, like, wow. I think it took Sunny <laughs> well, much longer with the Muslim vibe, but I, 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 I just, I just kind of latched on, so I don't know. I'm kind of... No, bored. actually, you know what, to be fair, we, we came up with the idea for the Muslim vibe in the summer. And then we launched in October. So we actually kind of beat him. Oh. Yes. The challenge is on. The challenge. <laughs> no, no, no. Is it, they're, they're different. Yeah, you can't compare the two. But no, isn't, I, I understand that. But I think you're right because even for us, it was about like we, we just sat down. We've been discussing it for about a year plus. And yeah. then we were like, you know what? Screw this. We need to sit down and just get this project off the ground. Yeah. And, and yeah. then when you put your mind to it and, you, you know, you have to dedicate a bit of time. And, and you know, we spent a lot of time developing it and coming up with the brand and oh, the yeah. branding and, and you know all the stuff you've been talking about um mm -hmm. but then once it's done you just think why you didn't do it sooner yeah exactly like i mean i i, I think that one of the the biggest hesitations was the fact that i was working and other things i i live in this like out in the suburbs in the middle of like the middle of like dallas and fort worth i don't actually live in in any of those major cities and so i worked in downtown or near downtown dallas and so my drive was like almost an hour out every day. And so like I wouldn't get home until like 7.30 or almost 8 sometimes. And so by the time I get home, I'm just like dead. And I had no energy to do to do like more creative stuff for my own um, creative uh, time. And so that's when I was like, okay, this is like getting into what I really want to do with my life, yeah. <laughs> which is essentially apparel design. And so I was like, okay, I need to kind of need to take some time to figure it out. And that's a whole other, that's, that's a whole other topic. So oh, we'll does this, does this mean we've bagged you for like another another podcast? <laughs> well, no, this just goes into the whole my whole purpose thing because yeah. like working in the design field is isn't as um, rewarding as as one would expect. I mean, I knew that it wouldn't be rewarding getting into it. Do you like mean, working do you mean, in the fashion industry? Do you mean specifically financially? No, I, I financially it was great. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, it was great. 
Alhamdulillah, but, <laughs> but no, it's more of the 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 doing good aspect and and the, the purpose of what of what my, what my purpose was at the company. Yeah. And like the more I thought about what I'm doing, the more I realized that I'm literally just there to make more money for the company. <laughs> like that's my purpose. Like if I wanted to dig deep enough, that's my purpose. But I think I think um, what I've found as well, you know, from the experience of friends as well, is finding that balance between your passion and kind of making money is yep. is a difficult one to find because often your passion it will is. leave you broke and mm-hmm. making money will leave you soulless um as a, as a you know wow. that's just that's really deep we're getting <laughs> but no it's, it's it's i think it's a struggle that everyone faces having it to is. actually find find the balance between the two um but it sounds it like you have found that just now well, I, I, because the thing is, well, graphic design isn't, ever since I kind of like started delving more into the apparel, graphic design has become less of my interest. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I mean, I, I, my second half of the, the time at the company was in social media art direction. And so my job was legit just to take Instagram pictures all day. And it was a legit job. <laughs> but again, I was just like, in terms of purpose, I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I was like, I'm just trying to make, all I'm doing is make more, trying to make more money. That's all I'm trying to but, do. But it's amazing. It's amazing that you had the ability to appreciate that fact. Cause a lot of people don't see that. They, yeah, they see the paycheck and they're like, yeah, this is, this is good. I like yeah, this. No. Um, it's, it's, it's never been about like the whole money aspects for me. Like I could be making like nothing as long as I'm happy. I really don't care. And that's kind of why I'm satisfied with where I'm at right now. Cause yeah. right now I'm really working, um, like right now, I kind of like work in the as a substitute teacher right now, while I'm kind of doing all my whole fashion type stuff, um, to kind of keep things going to make sure I'm not going going completely broke. Um, and it's obviously it's not making as much as I used to make as a graphic designer, but um, essentially what my hope is is to go back into teaching, and that's what one of my initial goals was to do was goes was to teach like history or social studies at high school. Um, and so that's kind of the direction that I'm going in while I'm trying to work on my fashion stuff as well. Is it a bad thing that I left teaching to go into social media? <laughs> really? Yeah, 10 years of lot. teaching and here I am discussing teaching again. <laughs> <laughs> so thing, I, I don't know, I, lo- I, love, I love working with kids. Like, I don't know why, I just always have enjoyed it. And like, I like, the, the, to me, that, I find it extremely rewarding. And being able to work with people and working with kids and like inspiring them and motivating them to do, to do great things in this world. Because I knew what it was like in high school to like have that one teacher that was just that was just like, dang, they got to me, they got me. Well, and it's really, well, go for yeah. It. No, 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 go for it. We'll, well just like just some, just some, like in those movies, the one that you see where that one teacher is just like. <laughs> so you wanted to be Coach in. Carter, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. wanted to be Denzel, so. So you were inspired by Denzel as a kid, and now here you All are today. All those movies, I think it was like the, it was called like Freedom Riders, I think. Yes. Yeah, okay, that, that was a good one as well. That one hit my heart, ooh. <laughs> okay, I get it, I get it, okay. It all yeah. makes sense now. But yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, talking of kids and, and you know, being back in school and stuff like that, um, you come uh, you've you come from an interracial family and you've done a video about I it. Do. And we're going to link that later on in the description, inshallah. But um, mm-hmm. what were some of your biggest challenges growing up um, into the fam- family dynamic that you found yourself in? And also, you, you did earlier mention that you, or you, you referred to yourself as Arab. Now, obviously, I believe you're half Palestinian, half Filipino. So mm-hmm. do you do you sometimes identify as as Filipino, sometimes as Palestinian? Like, how how do you find that balance? 
Um, well, growing up, it was not easy because <laughs> um, you kind of have like the Arab aspect of like my culture. I am Arab, and then you, I also you say, say Arab like you such say an Arab. very Arab uh, with pride. You the way you say Arab, Arab. Like Arab, interesting. Wow, that was really good. Who? <laughs> well, Af- Afra is Arab. Um, oh, and, okay, okay. And I'm uh, married to an Arab, so Arab. I've. Did you notice how you said that, by the way, Arab? Arab. Um, <laughs> so we 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 are familiar with the Arabic language. Somewhat. Uh, Somewhat. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, like, I have the whole the, the 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 Arab cultural aspect, and then I have the Filipino cultural aspect from my mom's side. But I grew up in America. Um, and I'm, but then I'm Muslim, and so like growing up, I had like all these identities, and I had no idea what goes where and what does what, um, and so that was kind of the struggle growing up, and not really. I mean, the thing is, like my mom, my mom, um, I think she she was pretty Americanized, like in the way she she can like kind of communicate with the world. It's very, you know, it wasn't very difficult because. Um, we didn't really grow up much with the Filipino culture. Um, we didn't really have a lot of Filipinos around. I had a lot of my dad's family around, and like my best friend, they were all like uh, Filipino. Um, and so I think the main struggle was figuring out uh, kind of where Islam and then like my 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 my, my cultures sit within all of that. Yeah. Um, and so. But how, I mean, I mean the, the thing is, like for me, obviously, inshallah, the time comes when I have kids and I've yeah. got to raise them up with a similar kind of conflict where they've got my kind of East African Indian background and then mm-hmm. my wife's got like an Iraqi Iranian thing uh, going on in terms of her identity. Um, and and we're, we're brought up in the UK. So now, you know, my kid would be born into that world where, you know, there is massive amounts of Islamophobia as well. How did you find that balance, you know, was there something your parents did? Did they just leave you to it and let you explore? Like, w- what was it? Can you put your finger on anything in particular? Um, I think, honestly, it was really just experience. Because, I mean, I don't think... I don't think... My my parents didn't really raise me much on um, on culture but, and actually saying, like, hey, we, we followed this by the culture. It was kind of like this... Like, especially with my dad, it was kind of like this mixed... Uh, this is haram, this is aid, and aid is like inappropriate in oh, the world. Yeah, but we, like, I'm aware but of the concept. <laughs> it's not haram, it's aid. So but like, aid is often worse than haram, I think, in, in our yes, household. Yes, yes, for a Palestinian, it's horrible. Do not do that. Do not get caught at midnight outside. Do not, no, it's aid. Bad, bad, bad. Um, but I think like the older I got, I think that's really, like, I honestly, I didn't really kind of establish my identity until. A little towards the end of college um and it's kind of just once i think it's, it's it's realizing that kind of islam and your religion is always going to be number one and that should always be number one and like kind of i mean essentially that's the whole reason why we're on this earth <laughs> you know religion is is the is our kind of our goal to be work that's a kind of subject that we need to be working on as much as we possibly can yeah like cultures our culture to me is like a plus if i can incorporate that that'd be awesome but no matter what religion is always number one that's something my parents kind of always did actually really instill and like you know you're muslim always remember that don't ever forget that um but then you know i because in in high school i mean i actually didn't grow up speaking arabic i didn't really know any part of i literally didn't know anything about the culture um 
until I think I went to 2003 when we visited Jordan and I have family in Jordan and we went there for the first time and I was like 12 and I was like, so this is it. This is it. This is us. This is me. <laughs> and I discovered like Nantiajanam. I discovered Adelaide music. I discovered like all this, this food. I discovered the culture. And that's kind of when I, 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 and I met my grandparents for the first time and it was like this crazy experience. I had no idea. And then I came back home and I, it became like my goal to learn how to be and learn more about the culture. And so, and that was kind of like towards high school. And so in high school, I was doing my discovering being Arab. And so I kind of identified less with the non-Arab, the, the American culture. And so I, I just, all my friends in high school were like these two to three people that I grew up with that were Arab. And so it was like, or any other Muslims at the school. And then in college, I, try, I, I was obviously I became friends with like the Arab community within the college because we don't have Arabs in my area. <laughs> there are like five of us, and but my, my college had a whole lot of Arabs, and so I kind of tried to I tried finding my identity with the Arab side, and it just wasn't like um, obviously I not that I don't get along with the Arab community. That's a thing, but you know it's like it's hard to identify with people because a lot of them had grown up back home. It's hard to identify with them whenever I grew up here as a Arab. Arab American, and they grew up, say, in Jordan or Palestine. It's just there's that kind of, uh, it's not the same. It's just not the same. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of, I kind of felt ex not that not that they were excluding me, but I felt excluded because I grew up in America. Like so, for some people, I was very Arab, yeah. and for some people, I wasn't Arab enough. And there was always this weird like struggle of finding out. Okay, well, I I don't know. I do I belong, I'm, I'm not American, but I'm not Arab. But I think um, that that's always going to be the problem for us when when yeah. we go back to our our hometowns, wherever that is around the world. We're not uh-huh. enough we're not of what there. they are. Yet when we come yeah. here, we're not in. We're not British enough. We're not American enough. And so we're always just kind of stuck in the middle. We're right? always, it's always just going to be a struggle. And like even with the Arab, you know, I'm still half Filipino. Like blood wise, I'm still half Filipino. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I I don't know what it's like to have a out of mom. And so it's just like I think struggle. you just get hit with a slipper in a lot. If if yeah. my uh, yeah, there's <laughs> usually a lot of nothing involved. Yeah. If my friend's upbringing is anything to go by, then yeah. yeah. My mom, my mom goes straight for the hand. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no intermediary. <laughs> God bless her. Um, but no, yeah. So I think and. I think really the the older I got, the more I realized. I mean, I think that's one thing that you have. Like that's a kind of like this natural instinct to have, uh, growing up and wanting to belong to a certain group and and say like this is my group and give it one title. But I think you have you kind of got to realize um, as a kid that you're not going to ever fit into one group completely. It's never going to happen. You're always going to feel excluded at some point. So it's really just a matter of. Being oh god, it sounds so cliche. Just be yourself. Just do it, man. Own it. <laughs> Just, it does. Own it, and then people will come to you. And you no, know, I was able to find like my. I, once I established, I was like, you know, I don't really care where the my friends are from or you know what their background is, as long as like you know they're respectful people and they're kind. It, it doesn't matter. I don't need to. You know, I got older and I realized like I don't need. I don't need to have that title. I am who I am. It, it is what it is. I don't have to say I am Arab. I don't say I'm American. I just say, well, I'm a Muslim. Arab slash Filipino American, and it is what it is. There's no, there's no labels. So it's kind of just, again, to answer your question, I just went off my bad. Um, but the, basically, the way I kind of organized it in my head in this little chart is big picture, big title, caps, Muslim. <laughs> That's it. That's like number one. You're Muslim, um, and then uh, Arab Filipino American. That's kind of all just like all together, and 
whatever I whatever I'm able to adapt within those cultures is great. But to me, like my Muslim identity is number one. That's always gonna kind of guide my way. But you know, even if like learning about your cultures and everything, it's really just on whether the parents are are willing to like instill that into the kids. My dad kind of, I mean, he didn't, he, uh, I don't think he, he unintentionally built the thought of culture within his kids because there's so many things that we do. My my be brothers and sisters, and I'm just like, oh my god, that's the most out of thing in the entire world, <laughs> and like really ha- like really bad habits about being out of and like stubbornness. I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's definitely uh, cultural, <laughs> and so it's really just kind of like, I say, I really say it's just up to you guys on how on how you kind of what you instill in your kids and how you want to approach things with them. Sounds good. Well, um, you, you discuss friends. We're just going to throw this out there because uh, we've come to the conclusion that our friends suck. So um, when Ooh. we actually, uh, you know, we, we posted this out on Facebook, we're talking to some, hey, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the question that we received is, will you become best friends with our best friends who basically want to ditch us? So um, if you want to be friends with Inham, Mariam, Maida, Hamadanji, you know what? You can have them because we're done with our friends. Completely done. Harsh. You, you have a you have a bunch of friend requests that aren't on Facebook. These are real life people that yeah, want to be your friends. Really? Yeah, you've got. I mean, come to London. You've got a bunch of friends waiting for you. They're oh, no longer our friends, so you can take them. Yep, yeah, they're all yours. We're completely done with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always willing to take in new friends. I'm not making new people, especially London folk. That's legit. Yeah, are you planning a trip down at any point? I really wish. I really wish one day, inshallah. It's La- London like, Fashion Week, maybe. Oh, that would be so legit! I swear to God. Oh my God! I, I mean, you need to my... book a flight and then stand outside looking all dapper, and people will think that you're part of it. <laughs> Everybody, look at me. We've got you covered, man. No, but I think like my first, if I'm going to be visiting, like I think this is what's one thing that's been like, I had this discussion with my mom recently. I was like, I think something that's been missing in me is the fact that I've never visited Palestine. And I think that really, like deep down somewhere, I think that bothers me and I haven't really, I didn't really notice it yet. <laughs> and so if I'm going to be like traveling anywhere in the world, I think like number one, it's, I, I got to go to Palestine. Yeah. It's got to be, it's got to be done. Because my family, we still have land there and I have family there and it's just like, it's just sitting there. Our olive trees are just sitting there, and I haven't even seen it yet. It's a very sad story. No, I, I don't mean this in a sarcastic way. I genuinely am. <laughs> that sounded really sarcastic. No, no I, I genuinely am oh, really upset. You. I think you're going to have to say that. You're going to just stop. I know, right? I know, right? Well, okay, I'm going to stop embarrassing myself. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we've we've really enjoyed this, and uh, thank you so much. We, we should definitely do it again soon. Okay. I'm down. Just hit me up. We've got, we've got your number now. We're just going to FaceTime you every day. We're going to FaceTime you every day. Oh, my God. That'd be the funniest thing. <laughs> so, okay, we are now live. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks so much for having me, y'all. All the best. Take care. Take care, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. We look forward to your thoughts and feedback and hopefully some suggestions for our next topics. You can do so by emailing us on editor at themuslimvibe.com. Don't forget to connect on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribing to our podcast. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.